0: in Poland, dzień in France, Bonjour, in Spain, Hola, in Italy, Ciao, in Egypt, Athen was in Ghana, Aquaba, in Nigeria, Peleo, in South Africa, Saubona, in Senegal, Nangadeth, in Kenya, Jambo, in Israel, Shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu Alaikum. Greetings, and may peace be upon you all. Hi, I'm
1: Mama Joy. And I'm Reverend Rosemary. Join us every second Saturday of the month. 12 noon to 2
2: p.m. Central Time, here on the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show,
1: for Neighborship of Joy. We'll have powerful conversations, inviting women to walk in the light. So call in, 515-605-9325, and press 1 to speak to the host. You can also join us live on the Female Solution Facebook page and YouTube channel. So we'll see you on the second Saturday.
3: On
4: the
2: neighborhood of joy. Oh, it's a hmm? thing. Well, good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to the Neighborship of Joy to the World. We're so delighted to have you here today, here with Mama Joy, and we're waiting on. There's a delay. Okay. All righty. I'm just so delighted because I've got a setup here that I'm really new to, and so I am delighted to be here with you this morning here on our second Saturday show, and we are excited because we have, a, well, all of our guests are special too, <clears throat> but this is my first veteran, and here on the Neighborhood of Joy to the World, we have powerful conversations inviting women and men to walk and talk in the light of their truth and their purpose. And so today, we're going to talk about our veterans, our American veterans. As too many of them leave active duty, not prepared to meet, you know, changing society. Our guest today is Theodore Sweet, who's a profiled soldier. And he's on a mission to bring to light a starting revelation of an average of many of our loved ones are leaving here by suicide. In fact, 22 lives each day. And what's so amazing about this day in the week of July 4th, I just think that's just so divinely designed that here during this week, we have an opportunity to speak to a veteran and get a different idea, at least for myself, it's been an awakening. And privileges that I really took for granted until I got this young man on and started to realize that um, I was even taking oh, advantage. No, no, let me see. I forgot the reverence of Veterans Day, reverence of July 4th, reverence of June 19th, the reverence of... the soldiers who sacrificed their lives for the privileges of us even being able to come together here. The kind of sacredness that only the families who lose their loved ones hold dear in their hearts at this time. So this young man is coming today and has caused me to really ponder very, very strongly on what it is that I have have really forgotten. I hope that you all can hear me clearly. Can you hear me? You know, we think about the Civil War World War One, World War Two,
1: Korean War, Vietnam War. And we look at
2: war as being, and it is a horrific thing, but what we don't understand or seem to forget that there are people who are giving their lives in order for us to have the privileges that we have today. Dwight D. and I, Eisenhower, who was the former president of the United States, he said this, he said, when a people value their their privileges more than their principles, they soon lose them both. Let me repeat that. When the people value their privileges more than their principles, we soon lose them both. I was thinking about what's happening here in our dear country of America and our communities and the lives that are being lost on the streets. Is simply because we have forgotten that everything that we have is a privilege. And when we forget those who gave their lives to us, for us to be able to have these privileges and not be able to say thank you, it just increases the the lack of respect that we have for each other and finding that spirit of patriotism which respects life and gives dignity to life. So I'm giving thanks to those of you who are joining us today and those of you who are on Facebook. We are asking that you, for any questions you have, or either call in, 515-605-9325, and press 1 when you are ready to speak to the host. If Dr. Glavinia is here, I ask if you press 1 so that I know that you're in the queue. Okay, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to this amazing young man. Well, I'll call him my, my godson, my spiritual son. <laughs> and ask him to present himself to you and this project that he is
5: moving forward
2: with all of his heart. Project 22, Profile Soldier Theodore Sweet. We're so delighted to have you and to hear more of your goals to better the standards of living for veterans, for suicide prevention, and to inform more homeless veterans about their benefits, and we are here providing that platform for you to be able to share with others this very, very vital and beneficial information to us all. I see that uh, Dr. Govina has uh, made herself known here. And Dr. Govina, she has, she is a minister, a multifaceted minister and pastor. And she also advocates for men, I'm sorry, for veterans in her ministry. So, Brother Theodore. Would you grace us, please, introducing yourself and letting us know um, more about this task that God has given to you to bring before us. Bless you, uh, Mama Joy. Uh, I'm honored and privileged to be on this show
6: today to speak about veterans' awareness, suicide, and Profile Soldier Project 22. First off, a, a little bit about Profile Soldier and something that happened to me this week. A profile in the military is when a soldier cannot perform his duty due to the fact that they're being injured. And it's a play on words that I call my company profile soldier, you know, to military veterans, active duty soldiers, and so forth. They understand. It. But one of the three things that you need to get a benefit once once you become a veteran, once you to a veteran is you need to have an in-service event that happened to you. You have to have a current diagnosis as you are on the outside living currently at, you know, a, a disability. And then you need to have a connection between the two. So a lot of times in the military they tell you not to complain because when you complain you'll go to the hospital, you'll get on profile. And that's needed for you to get your uh, veteran benefits.
3: So the one thing that's needed to get your veterans benefits is the one thing that they
6: speak vehemently against once you're inside the military. So that's the reason why I call it profile soldier. It's actually a play on words. You know, I, I rarely went to profile during my nine-year tenure in the military. But the fact that I did is the reason why I'm getting my benefits. Um, I was born into the military. My father spent 30 years in the... Military and infantry command sergeant major. My mom and dad been married 62 years and counting now. Uh, I'm 56 years old. Going to be 57 uh, This year, I I'm a military, what we call a military brat. I
3: was born into the military. Every three to four years, we have moved to different cities, to different states. Panama, uh, and then I ended up in the middle of my senior year graduating Syracuse, New York. The whole purpose of Profile Soldier
6: is a lot of veterans do not like mm-hmm. to complain about some of the things that are going on with currently, and I'm trying to give them awareness because one of the things that happen once you're mm-hmm. out of the military mm-hmm. you want to that's kind right. of like Separate yourself from your military service. You want to grow your
3: facial hair and you walk to um, mm-hmm. You want to grow your facial hair and you walk to uh straight to more strong
6: happy type military. But the one thing that I mean,
3: you really no, need to do is you time? need to get a copy of your medical records so that you can go ahead and
6: start the claim process. What well, Project 22 is, is that I'm trying to 22 cities when I try and will be starting August of 2023. Cities in which veteran homelessness and veteran social plight very prevalent, and then outreach to these soldiers. And what I me mean about is that soldiers that do not necessarily want to come into the veterans administration. I
2: want to go ahead and reach. All, you know well, what i would do is I go to a particular city uh, try to enroll about 15 to 20 veterans in my particular program just telling them services
6: that are out there and available to them, and then give them a cell phone with the hopes of calling them a year later and then picking up the phone, and then doing so, you know they haven't committed suicide and they're alive and well. The whole
3: purpose of the cell phone is that something that disappeared from society a while ago and can be aching It used to be that you could go and walk.
6: Corner or any kind of building, you can just drop a coin in or just you know, call collect. But uh, due to the fact that cell phones, kind of like me, payphones disappear, so one of the main, one of the main proponents of my idea is to give a cell phone to a veteran so that a veteran can be either text called, or emailed, and let him and let us and him be able to contact me, me be able to contact him, just to make sure that we have the thumbs up, make sure that everything is A-OK.
5: Okay. So in a nutshell, that's basically what Profile
6: Soldiers is and what Project 22 is. And it's going to be what you know, 22 cities in which veteran homelessness is kind of like granted. I'm going to start off in the nation's capital where I live, Washington, D.C., then go to Baltimore, then go to the city of Brotherly, Philadelphia, these are three cities that I can access without having to get onto a plane because my disability, and I speak about that, and maybe you might show the video, it's I had a claustrophobia because I was the arms room. I was what they call an armor when I was in the military and I got locked in a vault once at from Turkey once at White Sands Missile Range in New Mexico because I was a weapon specialist and so we had to be in a fault, you know, the majority of the time when I was uh, on duty. So with that, not to be
2: too verbose, I give it back to you, Mama Joy and uh entertain any questions that come up. Well okay then <clears throat> we do have some questions I, we do have some hands up. And what I wanna do is ask you if you'd mind tilting your computer now we're losing some of your face. And uh, we have. I'm going to ask that. Um, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes. Oh my stars! Okay, I'm sorry. I was muted here. Well, I'm, I'm having some challenges. I've got several devices that I'm using as I'm working through this. That was amazing. And um, you know, I. So you weren't captured. You just, that was just part of your duty for you to be in this close, this little close spot.
1: Yeah, it's called
6: an arms room.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: It's in every military installation. It's where our weapons are housed. And so what happens is I walk around with basically the equivalent of a janitor's key ring. I will open up the arms room, lock it behind me, and then go to a front door, which will have a cage and then have an open space in which a soldier can pass me identification card, and then I will pass him the weapon that is assigned to him. The M16A2 rifle, which is commonly, or M4, which is what they use on the streets, which is called an AR-15. That's kind of like the weapon that you see being used in a lot of these mass shootings. They have nothing to do. They, they have no space, place or reason to be in the hands of civilians. These weapons are actually weapons of war. They should only be in place to work in, which are what they call arms rooms. The arms rooms is a very
2: secure environment and what happened to me as far as being locked in one is what gave me my current condition of claustrophobia that I have today. So that, to me, is uh, something that has nothing to do about war, but just some of no. the training yeah. that you have that can cause you to develop certain mental conditions that are not healthy. Right. I got in you. Other words, uh, I would have call never call. thought that. Mm-hmm.
6: There's the equivalent of a, of a navy soldier that's working on a submarine. They have very similar challenges because when you the submarine, you're underwater for periods of five to six months, in which you can only move 100 feet to your front, 100 feet, 100 feet to your rear, 100 feet to your left, 100 feet to your right. And so, one of the things, one of the conditions that these that manifest later on is, is when you become when you become landside and once you dock as they call it navy, you get out of here and you among regular people and so forth, you kinda of find out that that confined feeling uh, gives you a sense of claustrophobia or anxiety or agoraphobia or one of the any of the phobias that deal with basically a confined sense a sense of confinement when you're not necessarily confined. And that can manifest when you, going to a public bathroom that can manifest when you're on the metro, that can manifest when you're sitting in a theater or a church, as long as there's one person on to the left and the right of you, that gives you a sense of apprehension that you're confined. And that's one of the
3: issues that I have and one of the issues that uh, a lot of soldiers in the Navy, a lot of soldiers that work on
6: aircraft, it's kind of like uh, side effect or one of the symptoms
2: that come with military duty. Wow. Now you've really opened up something there for me. Let me uh, see. I got a couple of uh, individuals here. Uh, Your mic is open. That's uh, That's 8571. 8571, you have some questions or comments you want. (laughs) Yes. Hello, Reverend Joy. This is Dr. Glovina. How are you? Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on. You know, um, I was so delighted when I went to your website and I saw that you had provisions in your ministry for veterans. <laughs> and I, I hadn't <laughs> seen that before, but then I realized mm-hmm. that you, too, are a are a veteran. Is it the Marine Corps?
5: No, I'm not a veteran. I actually, oh. um, no, I'm not a veteran. I, uh, I served, I worked for the Department of Defense, uh, the United States Navy, and the Marine Corps as a civilian. And uh, also, I was a military spouse for several years. So I've been around, the, I was around the military for most of my adult life until I retired from the Pentagon uh, in 2019. And so, uh, I, and I, and I want to really just salute and take my hat off to, uh, Mr. Theodore Sweet for his, uh, efforts with this project 22. This is really, um, I believe that this is really going to be a great help to so many veterans. I still have a great, uh, Affiliation with the veterans on many, many levels. I actually did one of my podcasts with, um, I think I interviewed three uh, female veterans, and I called that program the Uncommon Heroes. So um, I have a real heart for veterans. So I want to thank you, uh, Mr. Sweet, for taking on this challenge uh, bringing so much awareness to the needs of veterans and, um, and especially those that are disabled. Thank you so much. Um, I I do. Uh, um, Mr. Sweet, I don't know if this is so much a question as a comment, but you know, a, a female veteran, um, I asked her if there was anything that she'd like me to bring forward you know, on the program, and, and she did say to me, she said that uh, when she separated from the military in 2016, she didn't know how to file a claim, and she said her initial claim was denied until, um, I think she said a veteran of foreign war representative helped her with the appeal, which was successful, so Anyway, I just wanted to know, you know, if you, if you have any input for those who are uh, filing their initial claims. And, again, thank you so much, Mr. Sweet, for this powerful uh, Project 22. Well,
2: thank you. Thank you for tuning in. <clears throat> thank I you, Dr. Godin. I
6: really appreciate that comment, and uh, I'm going to address the claim process. Uh, specifically, But I want to address something also in reference, because I know this show is called Dealing with a Female Solution uh, Framework. The natural lifespan of a female versus a male in America, females live longer than men. But, when you are, but for veterans that are 100% disabled, the average lifespan of a male veteran is 68 years old that's 100% disabled, which I am. Uh, 70% for claustrophobia alone. But a statistic that should alarm people, alarm Americans in general, is that a lady that is 100%, her lifespan is 63 years old. What? And so military duty affects women to a greater point than except men due to the fact, I just know this just, you know, i just give you a couple of examples have always, you know, they're, they're, they're the backbone of America, but, a, but, a, but all too often have been treated with the same equality as men in certain occupations, especially like the military. Because of that, I think those stresses and so forth shorten their lifespan once they become disabled in the military. I'll give you a perfect example of, I'm just going to, you know, the real talk. I'm not affiliated with the Veterans Affairs. I'm not bought or paid for by anybody. So, like, and also, I like to say this: I'm a proud 2002 graduate from my law school, and I know that I have freedom of speech allotted to me. So, I'm just going to tell you a little story about
2: how female soldiers <laughs> are treated different than male soldiers to this day. Can I just stop, pause? Ask you to pause right now so we can get it commercial and you think about that, that and we can get right back to it because we want to make some adjustments. This is amazing. And again, thank you, Dr. Blavania. I And women's lifespan really is cut short. Oh, horrible. But we'll be right back. So don't stray, don't go away. We'll be right back. Thank you so very, very
7: much. Mm-hmm. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly culture, world peace restoration of light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups.
0: I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Global Radio TV Show. We are a part of the online network of associated internet radio hosts, On Air. On Air empowers you with transformative news and interactive radio TV shows. This is such a wonderful time to be alive and to see our human family coming together as one community as a result of that powerful tool. The internet. We can now talk directly to each other all over the world. There's no need for conflict or misunderstanding. There's no need for violence to solve our differences. We can talk to each other face-to-face until we reach an agreement. On Air offers a fantastic global guide to communicators from all over the world who are using their Internet platforms to inspire us to strive to be our best selves in order to become the kind, compassionate, loving people we were all born to be. Once we do that, we'll see planet Earth transformed into
2: a place of peace. Subscribe to the recommended YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and podcasts created by these Voices
0: of Enlightenment. On Air provides daily news briefs and a weekly magazine, to keep you abreast of events and opportunities. On-Air news affiliates in television, radio, and print share information, insight, and interviews with notable personalities. Go to onaireverywhere.com for a daily dose of uplifting news. We're on air everywhere, online all the time.
1: Sharing our successes and our mistakes as we navigate our lives as moms, wives, sisters, daughters, and of course, black women in today's
3: world. <clears throat> we'll talk
1: about it all. Race, politics, culture, culture. And we'll take a look at everything from whether or not to use corporal punishment to how do you teach your children about Look for our upcoming book, Growing Up Charles. It's a personal story about our lives growing up in Maple Park on Chicago's South Side. I'm Barbara. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Naima. We're Three Black Moms. Follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Three Black Moms.
2: Well, we're going to welcome you back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Neighborship of Joy to the World. And our guest this afternoon is Mr. Theodore J. Sweet, who is touring the United States of America, Waking up America to the uh, awareness of caring more, spreading more love and care and attention to our veterans who sacrificed their lives in so many ways. And that sacrifice has altered their lives and how they function here in our society in America. And so he had a story that he began, and I want you to continue that story and then we'll get back to some more questions. And uh, you know, let me know if you are ready for more questions or if you wanna give the story and then we'll get to another caller, okay?
6: Yeah, yeah. Well Mom Joy, what I was saying is uh-huh. that uh this is how females are treated and kinda of like the stressors. I went to airborne look for things before the parachute or just got a plane. And what they would do is they got, we got like a flyover. and During a flyover, you would have like about 20 jumpers jump out, and that's called the of jumpers. In the black hat, they're kind of like the drill sergeants who teach you how to jump out of an airplane. And during this school, you don't take no no. In other words, everything that you learn is taught to you. Is is you know they're, they're yelling at you. They're telling you very sternly. Know, how to navigate your parachute and so forth, because the one thing that you cannot have is you can't refer to notes when you're jumping out of an airplane. Everything has to be in your memory, has to be instituted to your memory. But one of the things that they would say is to make sure that everybody would have the courage to jump out of a plane after we would be, spending, you know, time practicing practice, out of a 40-foot tower. We would get into the C-130 aircraft, black hats will come over to the microphone and they'll say, our lead jumper, and that's the first person to jump out of the plane for the chop is a female. And what they would say, they would go, the lead jumper is a female, and if you don't jump out of this airplane, if you land with the airplane, in other words, if you fail to jump out the airplane, you'll get an Article 15, which is military punishment. But they would say that a female is the first jumper has to say, She can do it. You better do it. But if you really look at it, by making her the first jumper, that was the most, since none of us had ever jumped out of a plane before, that was the most stressful thing we needed to do, but they were using her to kind of like get the majority of us to do what we needed to do. So in other words, I I think it impressed upon her more stress and courage than it did the ones that followed her. I'm just telling you this, and this this just is some of the, I I would say, macho, male dominated culture that the military used to be about. I can't speak about it, because I I ETS, I was in the military from 1985 to 94, but I know a lot of individuals who are veterans who had generally put on their chest, they know exactly what I'm talking about. I know the females that jump qualify. They know exactly what I'm talking about. But there's just things that, and we've evolved that culturally put women under a greater stress than men, especially in the military.
2: Wow, uh, that is shocking to me, Kathy uh, do You have any comments on that? Have you encountered any stories such as this from Can another female? Her? Yes.
5: Actually, thank, oh, you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Mama Joy, and thank you uh Mr. Sweet. Yes, I have. <laughs> I actually had a female veteran to share that very similar story with me. She actually shared it publicly uh to the congregation. Uh, but I missed the part where she was jumping first. She may have said that, exactly what she just said, but she did talk about it, and um, I think we may have even recorded it, Uh, but uh, that is something, the statistics as well that you gave us. It is, I believe, a tremendous amount of stress for those that, that serve in the military. One of the things is that they're on duty for 24 hours, and they have to be world. Basically, they have to be worldwide deployable. So that is um, a lot of a lot of stress, but most of all, it is a lot of com- it is a great commitment that they uh, fulfill, and that's why I'm so excited about your project 22. Because I think years ago at the uh, National Training Veterans Institute in Denver. They talked about that it became a great awareness in the 90s that most of the homeless people that we saw were indeed in some way a veteran or connected to a veteran. So I just wanted to add that comment, and thank you again so much. Thank you, Mama Joy.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so very, very much. Um. We have another caller as well. Uh, are you able to hear the questions and the comments, uh, Brother Sweet? Yes, ma'am. I'm to
6: hear perfectly now.
2: Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, we have another caller online. Thank you so much. You know, I, I have never been exposed to uh, military. I've always wanted to be a part of it. Of course, at this age, it that just was a dream that just didn't make it. But... <laughs> but uh, These are stories that you don't hear, and what's amazing to me is that we some of us really feel that unless a person goes to the to the battlefront, that they really haven't uh, experienced any life altering experiences. But here we are discussing the training and some of the situations that uh, that are part of these experiences that actually is life altering to the point that it can also impact on your lifespan. Um, and I can see uh, the male idea of uh, saying, hey, let this woman go first and, and you're a chicken or you're not, you're not, you're not a really man unless you can do that, you know? So again, for those of you who have just joined us and, our board is really filling up. If you want to have a question, you want to add a question, please press the number one on your uh, phone so that we can uh, hear your question and state where you're from. Uh, I believe, Dr. Glovini, you're in Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., and um, and she has her ministry. And like I said, there's a, a section of our ministry that's dedicated to veterans. So please press one if you want to uh, become a part of the conversation and have some questions for um, Mr. Sweet and his project Twenty Two, which is a project that he's touring the nation, twenty two cities with twenty two uh, daily individuals who are veterans who are taking their lives uh, due to suicide, and and that is what he's about. That preventing that, blessing that, as well as providing information for their benefits. And let's see. And so, Mr. Theodore, you want to continue? This is amazing.
6: Yes. I think one of the comments that Pastor had made was about claims. I want to just tell my veterans something. I want to give some information things that I wish I had known when I initially got out of the military. But if you don't, if you don't hear anything I say, I want you to hear these two things. The first thing is, is this. To file your initial claim,
3: no one is to charge you money of any kind. It's mm. against
6: federal law. to charge a person money to file a claim. I don't care who you are. You cannot charge Two, when you file your claim, if you don't know what you're doing and so forth, I want you to put three words on your claim, and that will signal the RSVR, the DSR. These are terms of individuals who are raiders who receive your claim, and they will understand that they have a duty to help you. It's called duty to assist, duty to assist, to assist, duty to assist. A-S-S-I-S-T that's, an F- that's a codified law under the Code of Federal Regulations Title 38 in which all you have to do is just say you need a duty to assist, just place that, just place those words on your, on your plane. and the VA workers are obligated to inherently assist you and see what your is. Like, let's say if you're filing a claim for peace discomfort, you you, you have to have your records and so forth. You might say, hey,
3: I need a duty to assist. And that helps you because sometimes individuals from military services just positively may have declined. In other words, you may not be able to think as you had once you had all your faculties about you. And... They're supposed to act almost, as we say in law, as a GAL, a guardian ad litem. That means you help someone to get the intended purpose of what they're trying to get. In other words, if someone, say, my feet hurt. they're probably trying to put in a claim for discomfort. It could be plantar fasciitis. It could be pest plantitis. It could be sinus parsi condition that deals with the heels
6: and ankles. I'm just throwing these this medical terminology out there But it's up to the VA to determine what it is is wrong with your feet. And they can look through your records, look at your current diagnosis, then they'll do what they say, a compensation and patient exam. I'll give you a perfect example. A 100% gives a veteran about $3,500 a month. Some of these individuals that
3: are living out on the street deserve to have everything. And and if they come in contact with a VA employee and say that are homeless VA is obligated to get them off the street within 24 hours. Mm. So it's
6: really uh, a term, an oxymoron, to say that someone's a homeless veteran. It's almost like saying it's a cold summer day. You know, the summer is usually associated with heat. So a cold summer day is basically an oxymoron, and I think it's an oxymoron to say that there should be a homeless veteran because there are laws in place to make
2: sure that none of us should be homeless. You know, that's that's amazing to me. um, I'm totally unaware of that. I'm totally unaware of that. And that is something that all of us should be concerned about because, um, that $3,500 make a big difference. And to me that's, that's, a, that's, and you're saying that they will respond so quickly. is something that is what I'm saying. We need to say thank you. And I've been encouraging people to even call in just to say thank you because we have the privileges. We have privileges and we forget about the principles and the cost of these privileges. And it's not just the government, but it's the individual lives that have been sacrificed in order for us to maintain these things. And and many times we are not really grateful and we forget. So you are reminding us, even if we know the history, it's just not our mothers, our fathers, our relatives, but we know of a person who is homeless and on the streets, a person who is a veteran and is in a dire condition and needs assistance that because he is a veteran and been honorarily discharged, that he is worthy and there are benefits waiting for him that can make a difference of life and death to us. And we should encourage and see that that benefit is gotten to him. So thank you so much. Um, I know we had another call here. Or if you wanted to chime back in, Dr. Govini would be fine. I can uh see that uh, let me see Oh, she's not. I she said she was coming on but I see she's busy, she's got a grandkid there. So let's uh, anyone wants to uh have a say or or speak to uh our brother Sweet regarding his twenty two project twenty two. Well Okay, well I
6: I can say this, uh, Mama Joy. I want to give kind of like an analogy or just of why why the emphasis behind Project 22, and I want to draw a direct correlation to church. On Sunday, a individual may want to go to church, but they might find that they may not have a
3: seat, or they feel that. They've been in a little bit too much. They might feel that they're inappropriate to come come into God's house on that particular Sunday. That's the whole purpose of outreach in the church is that you go where the people are, you meet them where they are, and you can either minister to them or get their confession or whatever you need to do to help that particular
6: patriot or that particular uh, saint in their walk with God. A lot of people don't want to come into the Veterans Affairs store. That's the whole purpose of me going out is because I've been in a situation where I may wanted to go to church, but I didn't go to church, and sometimes you might have to have somebody minister to you, to get their testimony to you in a grocery store, in the gym, at work, and so on and so forth. And that's the whole impetus or the reason behind Project 22 is, is that not everybody that needs help is gonna come for help. Sometimes you have to go to the you know, the whole purpose of this, and I like to analogize the just it to, to someone who needs to be or needs, you know, you know, got to hear God's word and so on. And sometimes you, you know, the pastor needs to walk outside the church to have someone come into the church and listen to him. And suicide, is so important. a lot of times one thing that is common if you research suicide and research psychology and death of any kind suicide is something that usually happens during a moment of solitude. In other words, you're not going to have a person around you when you commit suicide because that person should be obligated to stop you. So one of the things that psychologically speaking and medically speaking is something that kind of like amazes me, when they say being lonely is almost like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. The health benefits of being lonely are very detrimental to a person. And so that's one of the reasons why people need to look out for each other. And
3: one of the reasons why suicide is basically – voluntary
6: taking of your life in other words you don't it's usually done in obscurity and it's usually done in a lot of lot where really no one else is around it's just you and a moment of a moment of peace and I don't want to say tranquility because you know I don't believe in taking of life so more. I don't think a person's remnant, don't think i to hear from you again but it's, it's basically do that I think can be avoided because, at the end of the day, if you were a millionaire, if if you were a person at the end of your life, if someone said they can give you a billion dollars so or they can give you a year longer to live, I think most people on this planet would take a year longer to live. Money or mammon is the root, of, you know, the root to all happiness. I think sometimes just being here being to accomplish your
4: dreams and just being on earth, just living the life is, is important. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the whole purposes behind this is
6: not the, – the, the success rate is someone staying on this planet. And that's the deliverable of this particular project. In other words, a year after me. These individuals that I encounter on the streets, I want to be a year later to either receive a text, an email, or a verbal phone call from them, saying, "Like in the military, thumbs
1: up, everything is a
2: okay." I think that is. I think that is really. I think that is really not only just commendable, but each day is is precious, and each time that we can find an individual in that way of isolation reminding them even of their higher the presence of their higher power is is important to be able to get them the courage to be able to seek help. And I have another caller on five five nine one and then I, another hand is up on a um five four nine four. So um five five nine one would I'll take you right now. You let's know who you are and where you're calling from. And I'm just um Just to start to ponder, because what I found out in my experience at this point, uh, Brother Sweet, is that I feel that the other communities uh, of the European are much more aware and sensitive to the needs of their veterans than our communities. And that's one reason why I am so dedicated to see what can we do to increase our awareness and our commitment as uh, Dr. Glovinia, to our veterans as black people. Uh, 5591, we have a word for our Brother Sweet, please. Yes.
9: This Janine from Chicago. Hi, Mama Joy. How are you? Wonderful, you
2: wonderful. See, I, <laughs> Lady
9: love. <laughs> yes. I just want to say thank you for your dedication. But I wasn't clear on if 22 soldiers are killing themselves every day by suicide. Or death by suicide. I wasn't real clear on the reason. What is happening in military that translates to such a high rate of suicide? That's one question. And I wanted to know. Second he, question is: When he yes, does you your tour
2: start? Because he said he didn't. He couldn't hear you, uh, Janine. He asked that yes, you repeat it again. Question, he didn't hear your question.
9: My first question: is, Twenty-two soldiers are killing themselves. Every day by suicide. Is that death by suicide? What's translating? What's happening in the military that's translating such a great high? And then with the twenty tour
2: stop. You know, you're breaking up. Your phone is breaking up. So, correct me if I'm okay. uh, if I'm wrong. You're asking the question. Uh, what would be some of the reasons why? this number 22 soldiers or military people a day are committing suicide. what are some of the reasons that he's finding out why we do this I think you know
9: for 22 soldiers to be you know what that's okay you could just take the next call if you can't hear her. I just was wondering I, you know you're you know, fine can you hear research. her
2: now Mrs. Sweet you can hear her now correct because you're clear now. that yeah, your your phone is clear now. Okay, my question was,
9: if twenty two soldiers is killing themselves every day by suicide, give or take, what is happening in the military that's translating to such high rate of suicide? And then when does the twenty two tour city tour start? That was my question.
6: Well, I- Individual
1: transitions into veteranhood is
3: not
9: what's happening in the world. Mm. So, mm, okay. that's, so that's what you gotta
1: understand. Like, I can you, you a little bit here. Well, Hold yeah, on. like background
3: noise
1: there. Yeah. But, right. But, like, in the military, one of
6: the main jobs. This is an individual that goes out with a long rifle and basically defend our nation's folk borders. They have them in the they have them in the army and they have them in the marine corps. It's the It's the bulk of the fighting force. Now, MOS is called an 11 Bravo. It's an infantryman. It's an individual that is a basic soldier that carries a long rifle. And it's not a job in a civilian world that is analogous. That other than a mercenary. That means someone that hires the gun, hires somebody to do the exact same thing but not be in the military. Mm. So what has to happen is that individual has to transition into a job
1: that is compatible with today's society. So what has to happen is, is that it's almost
6: like having an NFL football player that's a running back then that person plays 10, ten years in the NFL. Then they get out. If they haven't been planning to do something other than run the football on Sundays, they're gonna have a hard time transitioning. And the same thing for a military person. You know, when I came out of the, when I got out of the military, when I was in the military, one thing that I that I saw, and my father actually helped me with this. He was an infantryman. So what I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the conjecture, hyperbole, you know, guessing. I lived this life. My father was an infantryman, but he he got out of the military. and He is probably one of the best mechanics that God has ever put on this earth. He can fix any car on earth, but he also can fix your taxes. He was a manager at H&R Block for about 25 years. So my daddy infantryman, but he had two jobs that had nothing to do with the firing of a weapon. That's like, you know, making sure that your car operates properly as far as, you know, being a mechanic and also being an accountant. And this just comes from, you know, this ain't something that I saw. This ain't something I'm guessing, that this is something that
9: I saw. My father is in his 80s right now, and he's been raising my mom going on 63 years.
2: Wowee. So,
6: this is where where so i have I have reason to speak on this when I was in the military I was you know, I dealt with logistics, but I also dealt closely with weapons. I'm the soldier there's one soldier in the military that gives weapons to the other soldiers during war during peace times. That's the job I had. I didn't have to pull any duty. My job was weapons. My job wasn't weapons. And, so, and 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 having that job I knew that I didn't want to have I didn't want to deal with weapons when I was out of the military. So I ended up getting a criminal justice degree at New Mexico State University. Then I went and got my law degree under Vermont Law School. But I haven't shot a weapon since the nineties. Since I got out of the military.
2: And <clears throat> want to ask yeah another question i because i don't want to lose this thought either so what i'm gathering from what you're saying is that many of our people because now since you are a military child a military brat you were traveling with your family for years and you've experienced these things you had a pretty good idea of how to make transition because you he made plans for that uh being able to adapt to society so we what process are you aware of any process that they are now having for our returning veterans you the football players you know they're finding out that their lifespan once they leave the nfl is, is is short because they they continue with the same diet and they wind up you know um with all kinds of cardio problems and whatever so it's really important to understand that am i am i an error in saying that that our men and women who leave particularly in these areas of military um infantry and handling these uh big guns and whatever they're not really prepared to come back into the world into the society that we're in is that is that what i'm getting from that
1: oh it, it's what it is, is is that it's not necessarily country owes the duty for this individual. But I'll give
6: you a perfect example. And my brother David, if he's watching this, I know it may may have, but I'm gonna tell you what what I was watching when I decided to join the military. I watched Rambo First Blood, the
3: movie with Sylvester Stallone, mm. And it wasn't for the glamour and other other parts, but let me speak on this. Rambo actually had PTSD but during the time that movie was made in the 80s, they didn't have the term PTSD. wasn't even out. They call it being shell shocked. So what happened was the individual that
6: went into the military and experienced combat and so forth and came home shell shocked, came home with war trauma. That individual was ostracized and mm-hmm. kind of like kicked off to the edge of society. Where in other words, he should have been, he should have been martyred if any given all the, all the essential essential uh, medicinal
1: help that that person needed, the
6: psychological help, and so on and so forth.
3: One well, of okay. the things that used to happen when individuals got out of the military at eight, after 20 years and 30 years, and this happened in the 90s, and they fixed it because they
6: knew that there was a problem. Individuals used to retire, and within one year of retiring, they would die. The reason they were, were dying was they lived such a regimented life that all of a sudden you do a life where every one of on your left to shoot first, right shoe, you know, everything was regimented. And all of a sudden, you get out of the military and you don't have no regiment, you don't have no kind of regiment to adhere to. You almost, people were like passing away and they wondered what happened. So they made a, they, 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 they addressed it. Mm-hmm. having what they call a the tap program transition to a year out individuals start taking classes and so on and so forth to get them tr to get them customized, uh, or how should i say
1: transition trans- yeah you yeah, said the right word
2: trans- transition back into. What updating them into society because things, they, if they've been in a while, it has changed tremendously since they went in. So uh, yeah, that that's a necessary component. We're going to be taking another commercial, uh, and we have another caller uh, online that's waiting for us. We'll get back to you at five five four nine four when we uh, come right back from our commercials. So uh, again, don't stray, don't go away. We'll be right back. Uh, commercials
10: I'm Viata your Holistic Life Coach these days it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional and spiritual health are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com, and I'm Viato.
2: Hey, I was heard that we didn't hear that commercial from StreamYard, so we're going to play that one again for those who uh, didn't Do hear you it. or your organization needs
0: space for an event? Call the Quarry Event Center at 2423. I'm
10: Beata, your Holistic Life Coach.
4: Oh man, God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it.
8: Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out and we're sitting up here all
2: day in the dark.
0: (laughs) Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456 and schedule a free consultation. That's
3: 312-849-3456.
0: We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the Earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection, and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com.
4: Susan Essentials leads you to wellness by giving you access to more than 20,000 sustainably produced nutritional products delivered direct to your door.
2: for staying and not straying away. Our guest today is uh, Brother Sweet, a uh, profile soldier, and he has been giving us information on his project and his tour here of the United States. He is actually going to be launching off in August. 22 states honoring the, not honoring, but at least calling to the attention of our society of the 22 veterans who take their lives every day here in this country. And so now I'm going to call on uh number 5494. Would you please come on, give us your name and where you're from and then um if you have a comment or comment or question for Brother Sweet, please do so. And then after that it'll be 4953. Thank you. Could you give us your name please? 5494. Your hand is up.
8: Greetings, Mama Joy. Uh this is Beata, your holistic life coach. Thanks for playing my ad twice. I was like, Did we do that on
1: purpose?
8: <laughs> oh, that was so interesting. But thank you, brother sweet. Oh my goodness. I'm I'm so impressed, um, with this brother being on today and I do uh EFT and I was wondering that's my first question. Are you familiar with EFT, emotional freedom techniques?
6: I've heard of it but uh, I haven't encountered it or haven't had it applied to me, but
2: yes, I'm familiar with it somewhat. So um, I need you to get I, closer I, to I your need, mic. Can you hear? I'm I'm I close to the mic. To can, you? can you can you hear me? No, not you, uh brother sweet. Uh we need him to get closer to the mic because that could go barely... oh, no. uh, Yes,
6: I, I I've heard of it before. Yes, ma'am. But I haven't had it administered to me, but I've
8: heard of it before. Okay, so that I highly recommend um that as part of your protocol, your program as a an a tool for veterans to uh release the pain and the uh, the, the soul damage that happens when they go when they're in combat. Because I've I've been in workshops with that, and I've seen workshops presented where veterans are really helped with this tool to let go of not just the pain from combat, but the pain from their childhood. It seems that many uh, men or women suffer with PTSD because of their childhood, adverse childhood experiences, whereas some don't suffer as much because they don't have the trauma, the drama, trauma in their childhood. I don't know if you've ever heard that statistic, but I've, I've seen that in some of the workshops presented as a statistic. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is what is the percentage? Do you have statistics on what is the percentage of veterans in the homeless communities uh, that you've either seen or that you've heard about? Do you know what the percentage of veterans are?
6: I I wouldn't know because that that question is kind of open ended. Due to the fact that I would have to know the locality that you're talking about. Like here in Washington D.C., there is a veteran pop, there is a homeless population, and then there's a veteran population that happens to be homeless. Not all veterans. One thing I want to get very clear out here, and it would be remiss if I didn't say this: not all veterans are homeless. Know, that is a misnomer. So I and my brothers and sisters, a brother or sister, is anybody that was in any of the force services that is a man or a woman, they don't have to be black or they don't have to be white, and all of us that serve, we know that we're brothers and sisters through arms.
3: Hmm. I
6: don't think there should be one veteran. Hmm. So as far as statistically, I don't think there should be one veteran. That
8: is homeless or destitute. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. I'm just curious. Uh, I'm just curious. For instance Okay, I'm just curious. Yeah. In Washington D C do you know if it's fifty percent of homeless are veterans? I know all veterans are not homeless. I I I know several I have personal friends who are veterans and they're not homeless. But I'm just curious as to for instance in Washington D C, Chicago, some of these big cities, if you have any idea if the rate of homelessness with veterans, is it 50% or more like 20%? Do you have any clue on Mm that? I'm just going to
1: think the 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 percentage is in the single digits
6: because if you look at it, 6% of the U.S. population are either veterans or active duty. That's
3: 6% of the whole U.S. population. Mm. The homeless population out of
6: that, Probably about eight percent. So when you're looking at the number, the number is very minuscule. So in other words, if you have a city population like Washington D.C., you have a you have a a, a population of homelessness. Let's say there's a thousand there's a thousand uh, homeless individuals. Out of that thousand homeless, you probably have about thirty or forty that would the fact that numerically was such a small number to begin with. So if you see a homeless population, and this is the whole purpose of it, and this is why individuals such as Colin Powell when he was alive, Lloyd Austin, the current black secretary of defense, this is the whole purpose of it. There should not be one. Hmm. So I don't wanna I don't want to misinterpret it or misannounce the say we're running rampant. That's not the whole that's not the issue. That's not the issue at all. And, and, the, and the
3: issue is it's like if you see a population, like let's say a homeless population in Washington D.C.
6: that homeless, the veteran part of that population is probably only going to be ten percent because mathematically it cannot be more than that. In other words, home veterans? I'm a lawyer. You know, there's a whole bunch of other veterans in the Washington D.C.
3: area that does very well for themselves. That's not. The one of us, no, no one should be left behind. And I, I yeah. guys are moving to this concept, but the thing is,
6: is that there's a whole bunch, there's a multitude or there's a large quantity. It's the fact that not one of us
8: should
9: be there hmm. in that yeah.
8: particular and, position. Yeah, I, and I think the bigger issue is we have a government That is continually creating wars are, are for the profit of the military industrial war complex. That's the biggest issue that we as United States citizens need to protest this government's continuation of war after war to profit, not the men and women, because they're the ones who suffer. But the the corporations, the contractors, this is where we need to focus our attention. In my opinion, is get this government to stop creating these war after war, and we know why, because there's money involved, and that's what I think our focus should be on another level: is stop get stop the, the the wars and bring peace to this this earth. That's the problem, the biggest problem. They're going to continue to create wars and 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 want to feed the military and and now they have such technology where men don't really have to fight in in the in battles they got drones to do a lot of that but whatever they're going to try and profit off a of war and i think we as united states citizens ought to be protesting this profit motive with the military industrial complex that's my opinion thank you for this show it's i'm so honored to hear Brother Sweet
2: doing this great work for our veterans. Yes, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much for your comments as well. And we have another one. Another one. Yeah, it 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 is. It is. And you know, I I I didn't realize if we take in to say six percent of the U.S. population is veterans. That's a very small number of people. That is doing a I don't even know how you would measure or how you would call when there at six percent of millions of Americans are being protected. Their privileges are being protected by just six percent? And to think that you are doing a job and your call is like when we look at the scripture saying the good the good shepherd. We don't want to lose one. We don't want to lose that one because each one is valuable. So, wow. Well, but we we're really losing them
8: out of greed. People. Mama Joy, Mama Joy, we're losing mm-hmm. them out of greed. The greed of this government and the military industrial. President Eisenhower warns us about this military industrial complex, and we have not exactly. been paying attention. So it's not, it, we got to stop this greed that our government is promoting by allowing uh, our money, our tax dollars, our money to go to these corporations that promote war. Right here in Florida, Orlando, we have Lockheed Martin, the biggest contractor, Military contractor, and I've met people who have worked at this company who were totally stressed out when they left it. They were so stressed from working at a military industrial complex corporation. So it affects people on every level, the employees who work for these type of corporations, and then the veterans who are are thinking they're serving, they're protecting our freedom, and what they're doing is just filling the the pockets of large corporations. So we got to stop that. And, and I agree, I them. agree, I agree with you a
2: thousand percent. And and but and and I also believe that one of the greatest sins that we commit, along with um, uh, having a corporation, is forgetfulness. Uh, forgetfulness. We do not insist that our children are taught their civilian, a citizen rights child, where, you know, uh, what their rights are. They have no idea. There's something that has happened in our educational system. We have failed our children to educate them in their civil rights, their citizenship rights, uh, the constitutionalities and to embrace America in a way that they can feel ownership of, of this situation. You know, I I visited Korea some years back, And I had the idea, because I knew people who were in the Korean War, and all I knew about Korea was that it was a war-torn place, poverty, people, uh, you know, the war children starving, and all these kind of things that that I learned. And I never realized that, um, well, I was shocked when I went to Korea, finding the most modern places, awesome individuals, uh, music culture, and those individuals that I went with, many of them thought it foolish to, why are they bringing us here to the monument? There's a monument that uh, honors the American uh, soldiers who, who fought there uh, during the uh, Korean War, uh, you know, and we know nothing about it. And these individuals who are Americans knew nothing about it. Why are we here, people? Because they were friends of my mom and my father, and but they have not been taught. They have not been taught. They have not been honored. But I find that those Europe many of the churches in the European communities, they reverence uh, their uh, their veterans. And now I see on the post I went to several communities throughout this uh, this 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 week as an Uber driver. And I'm telling you, they got flags with pictures of their young men and women. Who lost their lives and they and they're honoring these people this is something that i'm I'm encouraging us to do because uh I agree with you Rihanna, but we also have a uh, a responsibility to our community to have a better education of what all what being america um being an American is all about and I'd like to take this call now from four nine five three could you please give us your name and and give us a comment or questions that you would like to have, uh, Brother Theodore Sweet of Project 22, to respond to. That's 4953, please.
3: Yeah, this is Bianchi.
4: Well, you know, you probably went to South Korea. You didn't go to North Korea. And this oh, is, no, the not. Is that
9: no,
2: not. No,
4: not Korea. <laughs> between night and day. And yeah, the reason why I come the States have to have... Mm-hmm. The reason why I come to the United States have to have a strong military is because when you're number one in the world, everybody's shooting at you, and, and those soldiers come back with trauma because they were taught to kill. You know World War II was the greatest generation that this United States has ever produced, and those soldiers in between Germany and Japan went through bitter hell. You know, just think that you're standing next side of your friend of yours and all of a sudden around a round score across his midsection, his guts is hanging out, and he's trying to gather them up and put them back in his stomach and still move forward. That's the stuff that mm-hmm. they saw. And, you know, you've had veterans over 80, a predominant some out in California for some reason of never was committed suicide. So once you experience that, it's very, very difficult to get rid of. And the most important thing that we're supposed to do provide comfort and the things that they need. There shouldn't be no separate facilities or separate attention for black veterans and white, white veterans. They're United States Uh warriors, and they need to be taken care of. And you had stuff like Imagine. in New York where you were putting veterans out of hotels and making way for illegals. That was totally wrong. What was the outcry on that? I'll tell you something hmm. else. Taking down the statue of American soldiers that fought in the wars, Mexican-American war, including the Civil War. That theory is also a repugnant. Whose statue would they take down next? George Patton? So... Hmm. Veterans receive all the attention that they can, and, and I heard of yet. Now, you know, Northwood, uh, Lockheed Martin is one of the largest employee, employers of, of black STEM graduates. North, Lockheed and, uh, and uh, Northwood Grumman are. Large numbers of young black STEM graduates go to work for those organizations. And you need them. And they have to constantly – they cannot go out of position because if we ever got to that point again, you can't start up a corporation, a manufacturer. They have to continue to do this because you, there's factions out here in the world that want to destroy the United States. We can see it going on all the time. And if they ever succeed, you like to change a whole lot. And I really don't think people would be ready for it. I appreciate what yeah, this man is really- doing. And I wish him all the to be successful.
2: Thank you. And your name and where are you calling from, sir?
4: Either calling from the Midwest or the South. Depends on what the weather is.
2: (laughs) Well, thank you so very, very much here. We're proud of uh, Mr. Sweet and this project. And that's why we are, you know, moving as quickly as we can, exposing his efforts. Because this is something that we all should be supporting because I'm going to use his coin not one veteran should be left behind not one be left behind so thank you very much okay I have a 8743 you have a comment from Mr. Sweet all right should I just ask you to just hold first minute please And we have another commercial sorry about that we these are people who are paid and so we want to have another commercial time and this will be the last one for uh because now we have a half hour and uh just hold tight would you do that for us please okay thank you very very much okay oh, i tell you this is really good i'm so happy that you all are uh here with us and um and we'll be right back mm-hmm.
0: Jody Susan of Susan Essentials is certified by the
2: number one functional medicine doctor on plant-based healing essential oils, which are revolutionizing the way we manage our well-being. Schedule today to take control of your health. <laughs>
7: Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly culture, world peace, restoration of light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve a peaceful harmony in the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin-Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us. Tune in to end- Sofa
5: Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. eastern standard time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory join dr debbie green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome you are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour this is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life it's your time so join dr debbie green with Soulful solutions And call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325. With comments and questions, look to hear from you real soon.
2: Have you ever dreamed of
8: going to exotic places, meeting fascinating people,
0: enjoying uplifting music, and spending nights in a luxurious hotel? Do you look forward to a relaxing vacation where you can walk along the beach or sit in a quiet park and enjoy the sunset or sunrise? Whether you're flying around the world or driving across the country, Listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com slash the-female-solution. Call in and comment, 515-605-9325, press 1 to speak to our hosts. Or you can join us live on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. <laughs>
1: We want to thank you and welcome you back to the, the, the
2: Joy here on the Female
1: Solution
2: every second Saturday, and our guest is uh, the Theodore Sweet, Project 52. We want to thank each and every one of you for staying here with us and you, as giving your questions and comments on uh, on your thoughts of this project that he has uh, in he's embarking upon. And I like this, not leaving one behind. So, um, what our last caller? Did you have any comments that you wanted to make on that this week, as he was
3: complimenting
2: you on this and also giving us a, some graphic, you know, pictures of what some of the uh, military people experience. So
6: oh, I really appreciate his uh, his phone call. But I want to say something about uh, the military just in general. A lot of times, uh, a lot of emphasis is put on combat. I'm going to tell you a story about a man called General David Petraeus. He was uh, one of our major generals in the Iraq and Afghanistan war. He culminated to being a CIA director, but then uh, the extramarital affair took him out of running possibly one of our next presidents of the United States. But the thing about David Petraeus is is that he spent over 16 years in combat. On our dress uniform, on our right arm, every six months you get in combat, you get a hash mark, like a little stripe. He had hash marks going from his elbow to his Never was injured in combat, but during training, during when we were qualifying soldiers with an M16A1 rifle, he was shot in the chest in Fort Benning, Georgia. And a general by the name of General Jack Keane came over and basically saved his life by applying the compress to a compress. A, a compress Waiting for the medics to arrive and and to basically minister further life saving measures to General David Petraeus. So what I'm saying is this: a lot of times people like to talk about the wars and so forth that go on and whatnot. This is a man who was a warrior by any definition, but he was injured training than he was in actual combat that's what I don't want to get lost, and I know a lot of veterans right now around the country have to be listening to this. They're clapping at it. Don't glamorize war. A lot of times people see war and so forth and so on, and most people that have been in war don't like to talk about war. Most people that deal with weapons don't like to touch weapons. Oh. That's the reason I haven't touched one for a long time.
3: So I just I, I say just that way. This isn't just for combat veterans. This isn't just for veterans that's deployed. All of us help all of us. It's just like a boxer going into a ring to fight someone. sparring partner, he takes all the hits, and nobody sees. Or
6: this Other guy can punch someone where everybody is seeing. So I just wanted to say that uh, and I really, really, really appreciate, you know, uh, that, that uh, all of the callers' comments change in the government always comes from outside
3: to come from the okay. government. So Mama Joy, what you're doing is God's work because if you want to change Veterans
6: Affairs, Department of Defense, Commerce, Homeland Security, and so forth and for so on, you usually can't change it from within because a lot of times your voice is suppressed. In other words, you'll get fired if you say certain things about your government. Yeah, absolutely. But you,
2: have freedom, you have the freedom to say what you want. You're afforded to of speech. They can't prosecute you for that. And a lot of times
6: they will hear programs such as
3: this and institute
2: changes. <laughs> so I bless you for giving me this platform to speak. I really appreciate uh, it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for honoring us with this information and and your energies here. So I'm going to ask uh, 8743 for your patience. Thank you for your patience. you making a comment now? 8743? Give us your name yes, and where you call sir. it from.
0: Thank you, so yes, much. thank you so much, My name is um Chatoya Alor, and I'm calling from Richmond, Virginia. Um I was invited to listen uh, by Dr. Glovina Williams, and I'm a first time listener and so Mama Joy, thank you so much just for this segment today and um Brother Sweet because it's very good information, very valuable information. And I want to thank Mm -hmm. you for taking the time to address the um, duty to assist on the claims um, because I witnessed firsthand as a veteran, I'm a U.S. Army veteran with um, 15 years of service, and I witnessed firsthand even with just going through filing the claims, how hard it was for me to get a disability rating that was warrant the injuries that I sustained during the military. And I've also witnessed how my battle buddies, have struggled with um, receiving a VA disability compensation and have been denied repeatedly, which have led mm-hmm. to uh, major depression, dealing with chronic illness, um, as well as being un- uh, unable to sustain the quality of life that they had while serving in the military, for example, housing and uh, medical care, just those things like that. Um I'm now working in Richmond as a mental health case manager, and I've also seen it in our attachment that we're dealing with a housing crisis, and there's a lot of homeless veterans. And brothers, Sweet, I thank you for making um, the comment of saying that you know the VA has a responsibility to provide housing within 24 to 48 hours. And I don't want to misquote you. And so my question is, what is that mandate that the VA? have in order to provide housing assistance to the veterans who are at risk of losing their housing or dealing with um, being homeless?
6: Beautiful question. First off, thank you uh, for your service. And a lot of times, it's, it's sometimes called a hidden benefit. You
3: will sit there, uh, let me just give you a couple of a couple of my thoughts on this and then I wanna address what
6: you said specifically. Department of Veterans Affairs is the only government agency in which you call on the phone and they say if you're thinking about suicide it's number and then they give you a number to call, mm. why did they do that? They do that because they know that the case studies, the psychiatrists, and psych- psychologists and so forth and so on, they know that a person's at them within they're stressed, especially when they're thinking about things that happen to them and when they're thinking that they should be doing better than what they should be doing because the recruiter sat there and said that they would be living a good life, you know, halfway on it, ever after, after they uh, leave the military service. It's codified into law that when you call the VA the number is 1-800-827-1000, 827 1000 eight zero zero eight two seven one zero zero zero. If you're a veteran, you can call that number and then they'll ask you what it is you're you know you're calling for. Just count keep pressing zero and that that'll that'll get you into the hands of a call representative. You tell that individual that you are home. DA is obligated to have someone, they have what they call, very similar, not similar to what I'm doing, but they have what they call an outreach specialist that is supposed to contact you. and either to put you in a shelter or a hotel, whichever one is which. There used to be hotels during the time of COVID due to the fact that they couldn't co-mingle individuals as they could. know someone that's homeless, you don't want to be out in the, on the streets and so forth, tell them to call that number, tell them to say they're homeless, and they should take it from there. <laughs>
3: See,
5: a
6: lot of times, what ends up happening is, is that
5: mm-hmm.
6: you think you got to do, you got to have your DD-214, you got to have your ID card, so you don't have to have any of that. That's the the reason why the VA has a duty to assist. Sometimes individuals don't have the cognitive ability of work uh, that is
3: useful to, them, useful to them.
6: What I mean by that is, is that if you haven't showered in 10 days, if you haven't paid in 10 days, if you haven't bathed in 10 days, if you haven't had anything to drink, you'd have a, you don't have money in your pocket. It's been scientifically proven that you're not going to be able to make good decisions as you, as you would if you were in your right state of mind, if you had a shower, if you had a roof over your head, you had hot food in your stomach, you had drink in your belly, all of those things, all of those, what they call essentials, if you had all those essentials, you're not you're going to be able to make good decisions. If you don't have those essentials, you're not going to be able to make good decisions. That's the whole purpose of the duty to assist, because they know that a veteran that at certain points in time are going to be at their wit's end and not going to be cognitively appropriate and that's the reason these workers are supposed to be there to help them. There's something that I really want to say because, Mama Joyce, I know this is a female solutions show, and one of the problems that the military has historically, hopefully it's not that problem now, has been military sexual trauma.
3: Mm -hmm. And that usually happens with
6: a man traditionally assaulting sexually abusing a female and a lot of times that wasn't addressed in the military because sometimes the individuals that were assaulting them were in their chain of command and military chain of command is very, very very important but I want to tell you ladies something and this is something an uh, educational piece from Profile Soldier that I could like put out there sometimes an individual cannot prove that they were sexually assaulted or raped by an individual because it wasn't recorded or anything of that nature there are certain things in law we call our markers. This is how you can prove that you were assaulted even when you don't want to actually say who did it or certain things of that nature. So you start to lose weight. So you start to get in trouble. Like let's say you were in the military and all of a sudden you start writing bad checks because you just been assaulted. So you start to lose weight. So you had a disciplinary action. The other caller know what I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Let's say you had an article fifteen. If you can sit there and you can say that I was assaulted around this point in time you don't want to name the individual because the individual may still be in the military. And I and I'm sitting here I'm saying this. What I'm talking about is real. This isn't or, or something that I'm guessing. This has happened a lot of times before with a lot of women where they don't want to name their attacker mm-hmm. because of fear of reprisal, mm-hmm. retribution, revenge, and so forth. But if you say that, hey, look,
3: look at my record. i started to write a bunch of bad checks in 1996 mm-hmm. and I made my rate happened in
6: 1996. Mm. you know your livelihood and your
2: For women, period, or anyone, because many times they're suffering through, you know, these kind of changes in behavior and not recognizing even themselves that they're suffering, right? immensely So this is this is a a great uh, tool or means for others of any knowing that if you're assaulted and if you're not able to have it addressed, it's going to cause some altering of your behavior and how you handle your affairs. So this is this is valid. I think we're gonna have a now your a video of your of your commercial with um I think it's a that, PenFed yeah. Pin PinFed member. Okay. Thank you. For those of you who are there and watching on Facebook Yard. They'll see it. For those of you who are on the audio, you hear the voice. Thank you. Um, we don't hear it. We have the sound. We need It's muted. We have a video. Yeah, to mute it? Unmute it. I mean, we can't hear it. we are able to do it. We've got about 10 more minutes. If any one of you are here, we have a number of callers who are on the line now. And you can uh, press one so that your hand can go up and we can continue with our conversation. Um, Our caller from uh, Virginia, Uh, how was your, uh, you know, Brother Sweet's response to your question and thoughts? Anything additional you want to bring forth?
0: Uh, no, ma'am. Um, I just... No, ma'am. I All just right. think thank Brother Sweet. I think you my question. Um, it was very great information, especially the last piece dealing with military sexual trauma. Thank you, because those are things that I did not know that I now could pass along to my battle buddies um, who mm-hmm. are struggling with certain um, sexual traumas that they sustain in the military. As well as um being denied repeatedly now to go back to ask for that help because it's their duty to help, so thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you for sharing um, and I know you're probably gonna mention it, but what are some of the ways that we could follow your movement?
2: Oh right, yeah.
6: Through LinkedIn I, I'm not really a, a user of Facebook. I'm on Facebook also. But on LinkedIn under Ted, Suite, T E D, S W E E, if you if you if you link up with me there, you know, I'll definitely uh, connect with you and come connections and so forth. Like I said, I, I mean this with the bottom of my heart. An individual that served in the military, any one of the armed forces I look at them as my brother or my sister, like I see my literally blood brothers and sisters. And the thing about it is, you know, I wanted to help, no money involved and so forth. Because, like they say, and I honestly believe that some of the best things in life are.
3: <laughs> well, I, I also
6: were on nuclear sites and so unbeknownst to me at the time you know I suffered from claustrophobia because I was working in vaults all the time and so I say that because mental health month is October and I'm an advocate for veterans with disabilities and also I'm an advocate for you know individuals that might have a mental health problem a lot of people don't like to talk about it but you know as, as times are passing and so forth for, you know, involved. and I think that it's uh, something that should come more to the forefront. A lot of times a veteran is someone who is like in basic training, would taught not, not to complain, not to complain, not to complain. When you're in the service, well, when you get out of the service sometimes you need to complain because you need to have someone to know what your situation is. I'm most thankful for the fact that I'm able to help someone, um, much like individuals have helped me before. Nobody gets to where they're going to by themselves. So I like the fact that I can have a positive impact on my life, on someone's life, just like they had a positive impact on my life.
2: Thank you
3: again.
2: Thank you again. And um, now we are getting ready to close up and I'm going to ask that um, Naima Naima can move that that off. Thank you, Naima, Naima, for showing that to us.
1: And we're going to move forward forward forward.
2: now, close out. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Naima. So... um, We're going to be closing out, so any parting words. I want to give that number again. Uh, If you're encountering a a situation that you need assistance, that you uh, dial in 1-800-827-1000 and keep pressing zero and let them know that you are homeless. And someone is to be responding to you within 24 or 48 hours and making sure that you have a place to stay. Uh, also, um, Brother Sweet is going to be launching off his um, in August. And I'm going to ask that, uh, please feel free to let us have your itinerary. Okay, I see a call here, 002. Your hand is up and you got about 30 seconds. I'm <laughs> so glad to have another hand, but you will be our last person. So, may I have your name, please, and uh, where are you calling from? That's 0002. Your mic is open. Okay, well, the mic is open, and so we're not getting any response from there. So, anyway, thank you. We don't know if you stepped away or whatever, but thank you. Okay, so what are our
1: party. Work, okay, Mama you, Joy. You
2: want see yes. Hi, this is Rev- this is Reverend Rosemary, your co-host calling in. Oh, can you hear thank me? You. Yes, yes, we hear you. Okay, so um, I apologize for not being for not getting in on the
5: call, but it was really a very good, very uh, informative and interesting show. And I was another reason I was calling in was to
2: ask for the repeat of that. Number, but you gave it as one eight hundred two, one eight hundred eight two seven one thousand.
1: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, yes, it mm-hmm. is. Well, thank so, you. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, so, thank uh, you for calling
2: thank in. You. And I, I know I've seen the number up there for a while. I wasn't sure if it was you or not, but uh, thank you for putting your hand up. And, and uh, Dr. Glovinia was with us earlier today, and the uh, yeah, young lady that just, you spoke. Mm-hmm. It took me – I was at a memorial service, and it took a little longer than I thought, and I'll talk about that later, but I really appreciate – Okay, great. uh, Well, we appreciate that. um, we got to close out. We've got to close out right now because we don't have but a few seconds to close out, and I want um, uh, Brother Sweet to have those last parting words because we only have uh, a couple of – well, actually, a couple of minutes, and then we're going to move on out. So, uh, Brother Theodore, any parting words? This is uh, Ms. Rosemary Bookstein, who uh, who couldn't be with us today. So we appreciate her, her, her chiming in at this point.
6: Well, Mama Joy and Ms. Bookstein, thank you both uh, for having me. I really, really, really appreciate your platform more than I can honestly verbalize. I, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, time, you know, when I was trying to figure out how I was going to get my word out there, it seemed like the black female community basically stepped up and held me down, and I really, really appreciate that. Mama Joy, you are, I'd like to say this from a veteran, you know, to you, thank you for your service, because what you're doing is instrumental in the betterment of society and the humanity as a whole. And a lot of times that's gonna come from people
7: that aren't in
6: uniform, that aren't in government agencies, but instrumental. So God bless you, I love you. I really appreciate the time with you.
2: Well thank you very, very much, very thank you for very much for giving us uh something to shout about. <laughs> We certainly encourage each and every one to walk in the light of their truth and purpose that God has created them. And we encourage the you, the uh, Brother Theodore Sweet,
5: to continue sharing
2: your light and being a blessing to many solution. and be a part of that decreaser in the suicide death of, of men and women who have
0: who dedicated
2: so much, and even with the training, www. it seems as though www. even www. that is, has caused www. issues, too. So we just thank you so very much, and thank you and for being a part of us. And, again, send us an itinerary so that we can share it with our network so they'll know where you're going to be in this 22 uh a tour party, American a tour host, across the I'd country, like okay? To
0: all of you who participated in today's discussion. God
2: bless you, God bless and you, God bless you. Family
8: listening
0: and
2: may you be safe and that tour and every thank way. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. To
0: our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Alingato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba. Germany Danke Poland Dziękuję France Merci Spain Gracias <laughs> Italy Grazie Egypt Shukran Ghana Medassi, Nigeria Eshé South Africa Ngiyabonga Senegal Geret, Kenya Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakur, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you, and the mercy of God, and God's blessing.
2: Thank you. Thank
3: you. Oh,
2: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. God bless. Thank you.